welcome in again to a special uh, bunker edition. Of <laughs> they're the all Worship special. Podcast <laughs> with Mike yeah, they're still. I guess it's still the BB McKinney bunker. Yeah, we're it's in the, the bunker. bunker. We're still in the bunker, and everyone that listens to our podcast are in their bunker too. So. You know, it's yeah. funny, Mike. Tim Henning, our engineer, he, he talked about how we're in rooms and there's been noise, and he suggested that we be in our cars, <laughs> that that might be a nice soundproof area. Well, my wife has taken my car, and we, we just have one. My, my boys have the other two. So I'm actually in my closet right now because that's as soundproof as I figured I can get, and I hope our engineer is happy well, with you know the quality where I am, of this recording. Uh, did you see my response to Tim's suggestion that we get in our car? I did I, I heard you, you say that you couldn't do that. I, I just, couldn't remember. Well, why. that's, you know, everybody has a line they're going to draw. Right. That's where I drew mine right there. I mean, you know well, what? I am not going to sit in a car. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny well, is. Well, I'm in I, a soundproof closet. Yeah, I just recorded uh, a podcast with, uh, with Kirk Kirkland. And, uh, and I, I think our folks probably have already heard that one. And it's awesome. He gave us some really good, important. Uh, insights from a counselor's standpoint, but Kirk sat in his car to record our our uh, oh, there you go. deal. So Kirk's a better trooper than I am, but I am sitting in my home office where I have been for the last three weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's been a crazy time, man. Uh, getting used to every meeting happening on Zoom. Yeah, I think our VP said earlier today that we have twice as many meetings now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, that's been my experience. I, I had somebody ask me earlier, how many meetings have you had today? And by early afternoon, I'd already had six. So it's just, Yeah, because you can't yeah. just walk down the hallway you, and talk exactly, to people. You've got to schedule exactly. it. So. It's been crazy. And, and you know what? This time, this there's a little bit of humor about all this. Oh, yeah. You know, because when you get dressed and get your hair done and, you know, take the the commute downtown and go into your office, you know, the setting, uh, the setting of everything kind of brings this kind of a professional aspect to it. Man, when you're, when you're videoing and Zooming from your home office, I've seen... Uh, people with hats on that say crazy things. I've seen one of right. our people, we, we did a Zoom last week. Should we say who it was that actually had a horse head on? <laughs> sure. It was our marketing director, it was our marketing Chastity director. Phillips. Chastity Phillips. We, we, we opened the Zoom up and we're like, well, is everybody here? And Chastity's sitting there with a horse head on. There so, you go. I mean, and then, and then the other thing, our sales team had a meeting and I joined that. Met, uh, joined that meeting and uh, and they had this contest they did where the the most creative background that you could do on your on your video and uh, one of our guys one of our top reps um, had uh, mounds and mounds and mounds of toilet paper that he's sitting that's among. right <laughs> like yeah, he's holding toilet was, paper that was one of my favorites yeah, it was funny sure. and uh, and then somebody else you know their favorite team the Kentucky Wildcats and and all these backgrounds, and so we do really, we do are, we are trying to find the humor in all of this ironic stuff, for sure. Yeah, my favorite times are when people, you know, I've always said for years that people don't realize in a car that we can see through the windows, apparently, by the things people do in their cars. Yeah, exactly. But it is amazing to me that on a Zoom call, some people forget that, you know, when you're not talking, we can still see you. So uh, <laughs> it is amazing yeah. to watch people who seem to be clueless that they're on camera. And you've heard the old proverbial uh, joke about the preacher who's wearing the wireless appell and goes to the bathroom and doesn't really remember that it's on. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that story's oh, yes. been told many times over and i've had a few people tell me they that they that actually happened in their church 
Well, I use um, these these earbuds, that wireless earbuds, right. all the time. And so you're in these long meetings, you know, these Zoom conferences, and you can turn your camera off. And and I've I've had this happen to me more than once, where I'm going to the bathroom and trying to remember if I muted my microphone or not, and uh, and hoping against hope that I remembered to mute my microphone and then get back to my desk and discover that I had muted my microphone. But I'm going to predict that at some point I'm going to have one of those preacher <laughs> wore, wore the wireless lapel stories before it's over with well, because I'm so used to having these things in my ears and. And uh, and forgetting that they're there, but anyway, good grief! What we're a time all we getting live used in. to a new norm. <laughs> yeah, we're all getting used to a new normal. That's for sure. We and, are. Uh, it's we been are. fun. So, Brian, a lot of people know this because you've talked about it before. But your wife works at Lifeway mm-hmm. in the credit union of Lifeway, which that's is that's right. One of the only people going to work. Exactly. That's an essential business, you know, with the way the government's defining it these days. So she's actually going up and driving downtown. And uh, to uh, basically a ghost town, the rest of the building's empty. But sh- but Terry Terry Brown is in her spot at the Lifeway Credit Union. So I bet her commute's been a little easier. A lot easier, a lot less traffic. And yeah, they're they're trying to do one customer at a time kinds of things. And they've all one of the uh, people there that works in the credit unions made masks for everybody. And so again, we're just adapting and finding new ways to do the things we've been doing for a yeah, long, long time. Yeah, we really time, have. So, it's yeah. been been crazy. I'd encourage our listeners today. Too. If you did not hear the podcast I did with Kirk Kirkland, that really came back to a how do we how do we make sure we're staying emotionally and spiritually healthy in all of this? I'd encourage you to go back and listen to those two because uh, they were really really important things that Kirk was sharing with us. Uh, and all of us are trying. We we really can't make sense of this, but we're all yeah. trying to get to some place where we can at least move forward. Uh, with with an understanding of how life is going to be happening, at least for the short term, uh, while we're all still quarantined in this this isolation time. Absolutely. Now, Mike, I know one of the things we wanted to talk about today is something you blogged about recently. Yeah. And that's this phenomenon that you've noticed of about this this physical distancing. And yet the ways that in some ways, in your words, it might be bringing us closer together. Yeah. You know, at worshiplife.com, we have that blog that, and I, I don't blog every day. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think uh, people would, I would have enough to say to blog every day. There are people out there that can. I, but I do have a blog at least once a week, sometimes more than that. But but this uh, recently, I did a blog that we titled, uh, Could Social Distancing Actually Be Bringing Us All to Back Together? Something titled similar to that. And it kind of starts with a, with a point that I think all of us recognize. And that is, it would be just like God to do something like that. I mean, just think about how God works in our lives. And very often, it, he works in ways that, um, that seem counterintuitive to the way he is working. Uh, you know, the, the, like a principle like uh, the person that, wants, uh, that loses his life will find it. Uh, to, uh, you know, a, a concept like if you want to be the, ser- if you want to be the greatest, then be the servant of all. Um, you know, a cons- the last shall be first. The, the last, last shall be last. first. I mean, the the Bible, the spiritual pr- principles of of the truth of God, are full of those kinds of paradoxes, uh, where the the unlikely, the counterintuitive, 
actually becomes the thing that um, that really makes the most sense when it's all said and done. And so this idea of social distancing, and you think about the rules that that we're all trying to abide by, uh, six feet apart and uh, no more than a few people together at any one time. And, uh, you know, I was in a place of business that that uh, grocery place and they had a they had a sidewalk out front where you could wait uh, and and X's in, in the pavement six feet apart. So that if you were waiting in line to get a buggy, you would not be you know, they had it marked out on the pavement so you wouldn't be too close to another person. I mean, that 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 sounds crazy. Uh, that something like that, this self-isolating directive that we're all trying to abide by, um, could actually be something that God could use to bring us all back together. And I've, I've been seeing examples of that left and right as I've just kind of moved through my day. Uh, and, and today's a perfect example. Um, if we were all downtown in Nashville, I would, I would be having... Uh, conversations with people, dozens of people, all day long as I would pass them in the cafe or in the elevator or wherever we might pass at Lifeway. But today, I've been calling people. I've been videoing with people. I've had intentional connection with people. We had a department meeting where we all Zoomed in, and we're all in, in, this, in this Zoom conference where we're seeing each other and talking to each other. And, and some of those things happen naturally without the quarantine, but with the quarantine, we are now, I find myself more intentional about, I wonder how he's doing and sending a quick text message or picking up the phone, making a phone call or sending some kind of instant message to someone to check in. How's your family? Is your mother okay? And, and you begin to see these conversations that are now uh, kind of coming to the front of our activity and they're really driven by this this underlying isolation that we're all trying to observe. It's fascinating to me. You know, I, I get out in the neighborhood and I, I, I try to run and, and do some walking and working out. And I try to do that uh, on a pretty regular basis. And, and I've never seen this many of my neighbors out in the neighborhood yeah. as I'm seeing right now. Um, it's like people that may not have ever even met before are actually uh, talking in their yards across or across the street. And I'm seeing this more and more and more. And there's something about this social distancing that is pulling out from individuals this desire for connection and community. And, and, and as I'm watching that in our society, I'm thinking about the church and how the church, how God could take this time of isolation and actually create something in our spirits that causes us, when this is all over, to actually draw together and be closer than we've ever been before. And wouldn't it be just like God to do something that's that counterintuitive to human logic? So well said, Mike. I think we all can foresee, you know, there's that verse we all quote, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves mm-hmm. together. Yeah, Hebrews 10. And we quote that, that doesn't seem to keep very many people, you've been in ministry longer than I have, doesn't seem to keep very many people off the lake or, or yeah. you know, wherever it is they're choosing to go instead of gathering together with a body. But boy, now, now that they can't gather together as a body, what a lesson for the value of that gathering and what it means to us as Christians. And there's other things 
that are happening. My brother, you know, he's a minister of music, and, and he counts on volunteer musicians, not a very big church, not a lot of volunteer musicians, and so he never knows what he's going to have on his praise team every week. Mm-hmm. Well, now, during this season, they're limited. They can only have a handful of people, and they have to be six feet apart they, when they video their services. Well, he told me, he said, Brian, I've never had so many people that want to play. They want, <laughs> they, they want any excuse to come yeah. in. He goes, I have more participation on my praise team. I've got two and three deep at every instrument begging me to, to come on Sunday and play. And it's because they have no other outlet. They've got nothing else to distract them. And they realize how important ministry is, how important being together with like-minded believers is. Uh, and, and so it's just been a wonderful thing. And, and, I, and I think you're right. I think God is, is definitely uh, taking uh, something that, that might have been or we might perceive as bad and using it like he uses everything for our good and to teach us things that he wants us to learn. You know, that I, I think there's no question. And, we, and, and if you can look in the scripture and you can see how God causes things to come about that have in their intention a purpose for a greater good, even though the thing we're going to walk through uh, is going to be hard and difficult and challenging. We get on the other side of it and we look back and we realize, good grief, God was doing something significant the whole time we were walking through that. And I just pray that whatever it is he is teaching us here, and, and for every individual it's probably something uniquely designed for them, but the church in general, I think one of the things that we are learning again is just how much the connection that we feel with each other matters to us in worship. And that as, as wonderful as it sounds to get in your alone place of intimacy with the Lord in worship, that that by itself does not replace the, the instinct that we have as believers and that we have as parts of the body of Christ. We have a built-in instinct to be together and to connect with each other and and just watch what the church is doing right now because the church is trying every way that's possible to find connection during this time when circumstances are not allowing us to physically be in the same place. It's an amazing thing to watch. It is. And, and Mike, I was just thinking as you talked about the scripture talking about this, you know, back in those very earliest parts of Genesis, the book of Genesis, where God says God saw a man and it was not right or not good for him to be alone. Yeah. I mean, it starts at the very few first exactly. few pages. It was not good for him to be alone. And there's just something instinctive inside of us that that longs for community and, and longs for, I, I really think for a long time, Mike, no pastor is going to have to preach. Do not forsake the assembly of yourselves <laughs> together. I don't think we could stop it if we wanted to. Yeah. And the song of praise is going to be different. You know, Mike, you and I uh, have lived in the music world all of our lives. We know what it means when a musician goes through a crisis and the kind of of really amazing music that can come out of times of extreme pain and struggle and crisis. And I can't wait to hear the songs that are going to be written and the songs the churches are going to be singing and the ways the church is going to be singing them. Yeah. I'm really excited just from a musical perspective of what this is going to do for, for the church. Uh, you know, and as I said at the beginning of our podcast, and I, and I mentioned this in the blog at Worship Life, th- this is just the sort of thing God does. Yeah, uh, you know Lazarus gets sick, and he's got time to get there, and 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 you know to to heal Lazarus, but he lets him die. Yeah, 
As a matter of fact, he even says to the sisters, hey, I, the reason I delayed uh, is because I wanted to show you something better. Right. And uh, and and here, so here they go through the death of their brother, and the whole time is Jesus is planning. They're planning a funeral. He's planning a resurrection. Right. And uh, and and I mean, that's just the way God works. And He does. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And the Lord works like that and brings about the unexpected and the unanticipated. And he uses the most unlikely things. My great friend, Wayne Barber, many, many people remember Wayne, the great pastor from Woodland Park in Chattanooga, taught for Precept Ministries. He also pastored Hoffmantown out in Albuquerque. He was one of my best friends, and he died a few years ago. I miss him every day. But, but Wayne, Wayne had a saying. He said, if I heard him say it one time, I heard him say it thousands of times. He said, on the edge of the unreasonable lies the unexpected. And if there's ever been a time when we've been living in a time of, of the unreasonable, <laughs> this is not reasonable. God, what are you doing? Have you forgotten where we are? Have you forgotten what we depend on for our livelihoods and all these things? God, where are you? And on the edge of the unreasonable lies the unexpected. And the child of God can rest knowing that in the end, he redeems it all and he, he makes everything work together for our good. The Bible tells us that. We believe it, but we need to remember it. And, and in that context, I really believe that he is taking social distancing and creating a connection spiritually with his people that could not be achieved and accomplished any other way. And I believe the church will reap the benefit of what he's doing right now for all of eternity. And, and I would even say it this way, Brian, that, that we're walking through something that I believe is a direct answer to the prayer of, that people have been praying. I don't know if you've seen this from your part of the world but, and where our listeners are, if you've seen this, but I have seen for a couple of years now this prayer movement in the North American church, in the church in the United States particularly, asking God to send revival to our country hmm. as we've become increasingly politically divided and the vitriol is just everywhere. You can't escape it. The hatred and the angst and the, uh, the division and the racial um, divide and all the things that, that everybody knows we are seeing now, you know, what used to, would never see the kinds of language that that people use toward each other in public. Now we, we hear it all the time. It's just commonplace. And, and people realize the church, the, the, that the church needs a spiritual awakening. And many, many friends are praying. I, I know of pastors. I, I think of one of my former pastors, Kai Bowman, who's down in Hyde Park Baptist in Austin, Texas, a great church I was privileged to serve a, a few years ago. And Kai is on the front lines of a prayer movement and churches are gathering in and and uh, and praying like like maybe they've never prayed before, and I, I just have to wonder, is is the current realities of what we're dealing with, God's beginning answers to the prayer that people have been praying for revival in our country? It's an amazing thought, isn't that something? That that we're the God has said, okay, you've prayed for revival. I'm sending it, but He's sending it in a way. That, that we would have never asked for. But boy, if we can just accept and embrace the idea that God is the one doing this, that this hasn't caught him off guard and it isn't outside of his control and he's not baffled by any of this, but he is actually, I tell you what, I could, I could take you through 
many passages of scripture where God causes the storm in Psalm 107. Right. God brings the, the storm that shipwrecks Paul and, uh, and lands him on the shores of Malta. Uh, God does that. Uh, you know, the question was asked one day, who, who, who sinned, this, this man or, or this man's parents, that he should be born blind? And Jesus' answer was, neither of them sinned. They didn't cause this. Yeah. This happened so that the glory of God could be revealed. You see, God did it. And, and God's in charge of this. And we don't understand it now, but the question of, the, of that blog that we're chasing here is could social distancing actually bring the church together? And the answer I come to in that blog is the answer I have today in this, this recording that yes, that's exactly the sort of thing God would do. And child of God that's listening to us today, you can be excited about the outcome that's, that's out there, even though today, tomorrow, and maybe for the next few weeks of near future, uh, the, the future seems uncertain. There's an outcome that God is doing, and it's going to be great when he finally brings it all together. Amen, Mike. Well, listen, I know we would love to hear from churches about how God is using this social distancing, this time of quarantine and separation to bring us closer together. So, folks, email us, worshipatlifeway.com, and tell us your story uh, of how you've seen God moving during this time to bring the church, to bring God's people closer together. We will, we'd love to hear those stories. You can also join us at worshiplife.com and interact with each other there, and then, of course, on the various uh, social media. Media platforms. Mike, it's going to be fun to see some of those stories come in uh, like we always do when we send out that kind of a request from all around the world and see how people are testifying to what God's doing in this moment to bring us together. Hey, Brian, I'll throw this in here too. Here's an example of, of a connecting thing that, that social distancing caused. Our marketing team had the idea, why don't we take one of our worship tracks and let's do a virtual choir. Uh, where people can submit videos of themselves singing along to a track, and we put it together and release that. Well, uh, we we did that, and and if if folks listening haven't seen it, it, it they they could find it pretty quickly. Just go to our Lifeway Worship page at Facebook or wherever you could find us. And, yeah, Worship Life has it. WorshipLife.com. Yeah, WorshipLife.com, um, and watch the the virtual choir sing "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." And, um, and it was so cool because we had people from Australia and Germany and Singapore and Brazil and, uh, uh, oh gosh, where else? Korea. Uh, and then, of course, all over the country, people of all shapes and sizes and, and church styles and ministry stuff. And they all come together and they sing us a song of trust together. And uh, we mix the audio together and produce the video and, and release that. And we've had tens of thousands of people watch that video. And, and here we are um, bring, coming together and being connected. And I want to tell you, te technology connects us to a degree. But the Spirit of God alive in each one of us connects us in a way that no virus can touch. And even though these people were across the world, I felt connected to them as I added my voice to that video uh, man, it's so special. And, you know, just last week, I observed communion with a church that's 200 miles from here and felt connected to that pastor and to that church as I, as I, I, I did it virtually in my own space, but with them as they participated in it, as that pastor led us. Uh, I'm telling you, that there's not a virus that, that can be thrown at us that can, that can stop that. And God's using this. He's using it. And the church is going to be closer 
and, uh, and more ready to show the world who Jesus is than ever before. Yeah, Paul's words come to mind, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation, angels, principalities yep. can separate us from the love of God. What a good word, That's Mike. That's exactly right. What a good word. Amen. Well, until next time, for Mike Harlan, this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us on the Worship Live podcast with Mike Harlan. We'll be back together to talk about worship and music and ministry again very soon.